to Pasternak and Schenker scores on the Welcome back to the Something's Brewing Podcast, episode 70, 70, 70 episodes, dude, episode 70, the Jesper Boakvist episode, <laughs> dude, talk about perfect timing. He's going to get his revenge game tonight against the uh, the, the Devils, right? Is that, Is that, did he come from the Devils? Yeah, yeah, well, he came from his mom, but I mean, he, uh, like True. in the NHL, yeah, he did come he from He's not a devil. No. Um, but it's kind of funny, isn't it ironic how we lose one former devil? And so our answer to losing one former devil is to bring up another former devil. Gaining two more in him and Zaka. Are the Bruins just like the devils well, in disguise? The devils and the ducks. They very the well could be. The devils in disguise. That's kind of like. It's almost like. Uh, it's the kind saying, of electric. Like, the devils in the details. The devils in the ducks. Like, the Devils in the Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> the 2023 Bruins, the Devils and the Ducks. The Devils and the Ducks. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, so welcome back to uh, episode 70 of the Something's Bruin podcast. As always, brought to you in partnership with the one and only Primetime Productions. Uh, shout out to the boys right now, holding it down the fort. Brett, Tommy, Marty, uh, Boosie might be hopping in there. Um, Ace is going to be hopping in there from Two Pet Stack. Obviously, Marty from Cross Court Coverage. They're doing and hosting the first ever uh, primetime preview tonight. So that's going to be fun. Hopefully, I know this is going to drop tomorrow morning, but hopefully, a lot of you guys got to tune into that. Um, that's going to become a very frequent thing on the network, um, and we're really excited about it. Yeah, we're definitely. I know we uh, we had a little. We had not a little. We had a meeting on Monday, the first Brass yes. Time Productions meeting, baby, and yeah, it was cool yeah. to put, um, you know, some some names to faces because you know a lot of these people like it. In a way, it feels like you know I've known them forever, but like a couple of them joined the the uh, the meeting, and I was like, oh, that's your face, like, yeah. <laughs> oh because like we spend so much time interacting with them, whether it be like in the slack or like i know obviously you and i know the only bruins guys pretty well from from having them on our show and just from hanging out with them but um you know you tweeted them a lot too and just like being able to have everybody collectively together to talk about everything was pretty cool and one of the things that we did discuss was doing some live shows so you just mentioned it we have a bunch of guys hopping on for the pregame show um tonight if you're listening to this tomorrow which obviously you can't listen to it tonight because we're recording right now um that was last night and then uh we're gonna be doing other sports as well there's gonna be some live streams for some before some patriots games maybe um that honestly yeah. might be the highlight of the patriots game is is <laughs> primetime productions live stream before because other than that steelers game the other day they've been dog water all year 
Um, yeah. yeah, expect a lot of different kind of content coming out from uh, Primetime Productions and from everybody within the company as well. So it's a good time to be a PTP. It's a good time to be PTP. Um, but yeah, I think so. Obviously, um, we have a couple games to go over the Buffalo game, the Arizona game, but I kind of. The, the lines just came out for tonight's game against New Jersey, and I kind of wanted to go through them right now with you really quick just to get your initial reactions. So, obviously, Jesper Boakfast, he was called up from Providence. Um, also, breaking news today, Jacob Zaboral on waivers. We'll get into that later, too. Yeah, but, I saw that. Yeah, but he's on waivers. Um, <clears throat> but but Boakfast is not making the lineup tonight. He's, he's a healthy scratch, which I think – kind of alludes to the reason why you didn't see a guy like Georgi Merkulov or a guy like Anthony Richard, um, um, you know, you know, get the call up instead. Cause why, why call him up to have him sit on the ninth floor and have him watch when he could be playing meaningful minutes down in Providence where he's actually getting ice time and, you know, um, making moves. But um, so he's not in the lineup tonight. The lines right now, obviously without Zaka, you got DeBrusque, Geeky, Pasta. What do you think about that line? I kind of like it. I don't know, especially especially right now because Geeky's been on fire the last week and a half, couple weeks. Great hockey. And uh, I don't know, I see a lot of people having kind of a mixed bag of opinions with the lines we're seeing now. Not so much of like why so-and-so is on a line, but like, why are you like rolling a grenade into the locker room and just throwing guys all over the place on random lines? But I don't know. I mean, it's game 25. I mean, we're quarter of the way through the year, like see what's going to work. Like you never know. What if, you know, geeky pasta and DeBrusque explode Bruins would eight nothing. And that line has five goals. And all of a sudden you found something there. I know they also obviously uh, helps that Zach is out. Somebody's got to take that one seed line, but I think the way that geeky has been playing lately, he deserves a shot. Yeah, it's not bad. And you know he's just a reliable kind of 200-foot guy anyways. He's got to throw his body around. Um, yeah. Also, his it, body type, too, is very similar to, uh, to Zaka. They're both like 6'3". I don't, yeah. I, don't um, I don't know Geeky's weight off the top of my head, but just watching them on the ice, they're very similar in stature. Not that that matters in the grand scheme of things, but just something I observed. Yeah. Um, also, it's funny, too, because every game – you, you never really know what forward line you're going to get. It's like the coaches, obviously Montgomery, they all go into like his, his, his room and they throw everybody's name into a hat, except for the fourth line. They, they throw yeah. everybody else but the fourth line into a hat. They're like, <laughs> okay, like what are we working with tonight? And that's why, because I, I was thinking uh, about it the other day. I don't, I don't know their name off the top of my head. I don't remember their Twitter name, but it's, it's the one with the, the two uh, Czech guys who tweet like hockey analytics and about the Bruins. They, they tweet and- the scorecards. Andy and Rono. Yes, those guys. Yeah. They tweeted one the other day about David Posternock, and obviously Poss is going insane this year, hasn't missed a beat. Uh, they were, I, I think the NHL tweeted this today that, you know, Pasta has a chance to become the first 40-point scorer this year for the Bruins. He's like top yep. six, I think, in the league in points right now. And people were wondering, you know, what's it going to look like? How, you know, how is he going to play? He had 61 goals last year with Bergeron as a center. Marshawn played his left wing every single game last year. What's it going to look like this year without Bergeron and maybe if you have different guys playing on his left wing every now and then? And he has not missed a beat. The guy might have even started this season off better than he did last year. So that's a testament to Pasta. And I think his leadership, too. I think you're seeing his leadership take another step as well with Bergeron being gone. So, uh, Yeah, for sure, dude. But with, with Pasta, he's actually tied third in the league right now with in points, tied with um, 
Quinn Hughes, Artemi Panarin, and Nathan McKinnon, all with 39 points. JT Miller, second in the league, 39 points in 28 games. Any guess to who's number one? In points? Yep. No. Nikita Kucherov, 47 points in 29 games. That's that's just kind of silly. <laughs> Jesus. It's really weird, too, because I feel like that's kind of just that that's the season that he's had so far is going under the radar. Like, yeah. no, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like that's common knowledge to know that he has four, he's three points away from 50 already. And we ha- he hasn't even played 30 games yet. Yeah, it's silly. I mean, well, uh, like uh, the NHL as, as a whole this year has been. There's been a collection of players they've been talking about. Connor Bedard is right at the top of the list. You, you can't you can't turn on an NHL network or any sort of network. I'm actually I have TNT on right now. Uh, Bruins are playing the Devils. Their game's about to start, and I can t- I can show you my screen. They're literally showing Connor Bedard highlights right now. Yep. So like it's there you go. nonstop. The kids in your face, and I get it. Everybody's talking about Bedard. Obviously, you're going to talk about McDavid. Um, but I feel like the talk with the lightning hasn't been about Kucherov. And again, I'm not tapped into the lightning. I don't believe you are either, but I feel like most of the talk I've been seeing a line revolving involving the lightning has been about, um, Vasilevsky. When's he coming back? Oh, now he's back. How's he looking? Like, I feel like that's been the, the dominant talk around the lightning this year. Not so much about Kucherov, which is why I was surprised to hear he's got what? 47 and 29 ridiculous yeah. numbers from the, from the Russian rocket. Yeah, dude. And not only Vassy, but also Stamkos. He's doesn't seem like he's going to get a contract offer from Tampa, so he might be a free agent. And it'll be interesting. I mean, do they trade him? Do they sign him, actually? Or do they just let him walk? It's a weird situation. But that, it, that That's interesting, too, because I feel like a lot of time, because obviously he's their captain. I mean, he's been the right. face of the Lightning for over, what, like 13, 14 years, however long he's been there. I remember the first time his contract was up and he was a free agent, there was talk, could have just been rumors, I don't know, but I remember talk about him coming to the Bruins and I was getting pretty excited because he was my favorite player in the league at the time. This is when he was still scoring 50 goals a game, a, a season in his sleep. Um, but it's interesting because usually like when you have players like that, that are that are like captains of their team, that are the face of the franchise for so long and they're aging, I feel like usually, you know, Either they finish it out with a team or the team kind of sucks and they request a trade to a contender. Lightning are still good. Like, they're still a, yeah. a good team. So it would be interesting if they didn't bring him back and let him walk in free agency. And, I like, that's the kind of thing, too, that's bigger than just hockey. Like, if they didn't pay Steven Stamkos or took care of their guy, and I, I understand it's hard for them right now because the Lightning don't have a lot of money and they have too many guys to go around. If they let Stamkos walk and didn't offer him a contract, like that's going to be a big deal in that locker room, not having Stamkos there anymore. Yeah, that's a tough look. But all this conversation stems from the, excuse me, from the uh, first line combo. So the second line um, tonight, my phone just decided to freeze up on me. Hang on. Second line tonight, and I love this line, and I want to hear your thoughts on it too. Marshawn Coyle Frederick. Love it. Love it. Love it. I love it. love it. You got a couple pieces of shit on the wings. You got the, <laughs> you got the kid from Weymouth centering him. I love it. Coyle's another guy too. Who's is he? What's he like? Third on the Bruins in points right now, or something? We were just talking yes. about it. I think our last episode. Another guy who's super flying under the radar in terms of his point production this year. Because I feel like Coyle's always been a guy who's been a man of 
he's worn many caps, right? He can do everything on the ice. He might not be the most glamorous guy. He's not going to fill up the score sheet. I don't know if he's had more than, I don't know off the top of my head, how many 50 point seasons he's had. He's had maybe one, um, but he's on pace to shatter that this year. So happy for him, but putting him, he's had zero 50 points. Oh, no, you're right. He, he had one in, in 2016, 2017, and that was his career high of 56. And right now he's got 21 points through 26 games. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like I, I was looking at it. I, you can't split up Coyle and Frederick. You can't like, I, I think no matter what, like those two being together on whatever line should be like, as solidified as I don't know what peanut like, butter and jelly, gr- like Grizzly and McAvoy, right? Like oh, for yeah, instance, because the, but no peanut butter <laughs> and jelly, freaking anything. <laughs> but I was looking up and down, like Coyle, Frederick, Marshawn, awesome line. You could also go Coyle, Frederick, JVR, great line. You could go Coyle, Frederick, Heinen, another great line. Like Coyle and Frederick, you put anyone else on there, the opposite wing, it I feel like it would work. I feel like it would work 99% of the time. Oh yeah. They they're two uh and their their games are very complementary of one another as well. They just yeah. they work so well together. Both of them are hard to play against. They're big guys. Um and it's a match made in heaven. And I can see yes. why they're still staying on the same line and putting Marshawn on their left side is very very interesting. Yeah, I want to see that. how that's going to look tonight. I know. Um but the third line JVR Patra Heinen. I kind of like that too. I'm I'm a bit a fan of all these lines so far. Heinen has been really impressing me lately. He's been looking great. He had that he had that goal against the uh, the Cardinals. Cardinals. What is wrong? Big <laughs> in Arizona. He had the goal against the Coyotes <laughs> the other night when kind of the Coyotes had those two goals in like 45 seconds, and they were kind of, they kind of had the Bruins on their heels for a bit there. And then all of a sudden, Heinen's like, nope, let me just go freaking fart easy on him and score a goal. And yeah. uh, no, he's been looking good. He's been playing good two-way hockey. And uh, Patra, now I know we talked last episode about Patra, uh, how he's been getting benched recently and how we were feeling to not overreact. He's gotten benched the next, I don't believe, he didn't play against Buffalo, although they said that was a, a predetermined scratch. And if I'm not mistaken, he was benched for part of the game against the Coyotes too. Is that right? Yes, I believe so. Do you, I mean, yes, do you still- yes, yes. Yeah, I know when we when we talked about it last week, we were saying, you know, he, growing pains, he's a rookie, you know, whatever, don't worry about it. Do you feel the same way now that he's been scratched against Buffalo, albeit they're saying it was predetermined and now that he's been benched again against the Coyotes? Well, the thing is, like, so obviously I think if you're, if you're in touch with um, not only just the Bruins, but also hockey in general, what Anaheim is doing right now with Leo Carlson – is I don't want to say revolutionary. I don't think that's the right word. I think that gives it too much um, emphasis, but it's it's unorthodox how they're keeping him with the team, but they're only playing him in a certain amount of games, right? And then the and on you know they're focusing more on him training, practicing with coaches, uh, with teammates, and stuff like that, rather than playing in every single game. And Jim Montgomery had mentioned how he wants to kind of take a similar path, not the exact same thing with Patra, but a similar path in the fact that he's going to limit his minutes. And I honestly don't mind it. I don't think it's a terrible thing or a knock on Patra or a knock on Montgomery. I think, uh, I don't think I know, obviously nobody knows this team and this team's players better than the head coach. And so what Montgomery sees in Patra is that, yeah, he can play, 
you know, he can put up points. He's phenomenal in the offensive zone. He has a good defensive game as well. But I think in his mind, he would rather go with the guys who have been there, let Patra develop into somebody who can be completely relied upon in the final, you know, not final minutes, but the, the final period of the game, essentially, because we've seen him bench for an entire third period at times. But let him build up the confidence in order to get out there and uh, shut down a team. And if Montgomery doesn't think that his game is has developed to that point yet, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, you can say you know, let him go out there in those situations and learn in game. And sure, like I don't knock that, you know, thought process either. But if this is what Montgomery thinks is best for him and best for the team. And remember the team is the team results is the utmost important thing anyways, but also obviously Potrard's development. But if Montgomery doesn't think that he's ready or trustworthy to go in in the late minutes and shut down a game, then so be it. He's 19. He's gonna he's gonna figure it out and he's gonna earn the trust. But and I had mentioned it before too, like when he finally does earn that trust and he's able to go out there and shut down games, he's gonna do everything in his power to maintain that trust and that responsibility to not have to go through a situation again where he's sitting for an entire third period. Yeah, no, and I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, it makes sense, and I get it, you know, when your back's against the wall, it's a game like uh, the Coyotes where you were reeling there for the whole second period, Yeah, crunch time's coming up, and you want to go with the guys that you trust, and uh, I know against the Coyotes, I was just looking at it now, he had a season low, he played just over eight minutes uh, against the Coyotes, he was benched for the entire third period, and after the game, Montgomery was asked about it, you know, what what did you see with Potro that warranted him being benched and Montgomery said valuing, sorry, this is a quote. He said, valuing game management is something that we've talked to him about. It's still lacking in his game right now. We are paid to win hockey games. and I'm going to go with the guys that I think are going to win us hockey games. So I think that was, uh, Ooh, I remember when I heard I, I, I didn't, I, I heard it. Somebody tweeted it just like the direct quote talking about, Oh, this is what he said about Patra. We're paid to play the guys who are going to win us hockey games. And that's why I didn't play. I think it was, um, uh, I think it was Lauren from Mass Live Sports who said that. And her Twitter handle, um, her Twitter handle is at la 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 Lauren. And she's at Mass Live Sports and she, she I believe, posted that quote. Yeah, it must have been her then that posted it. Because I think when you when you read that, like right off the rip, you're thinking, oh shit, like this is <laughs> like this is obviously not yeah. a good thing to say. You, you don't want to hear that as a 19-year-old player. And I think um what we've come to expect from Jim Montgomery like that. Honestly, I heard that. And I thought that is a Bruce Cassidy answer. Like that does not sound as your light goes out. I was like, that does not really sound like a Jim Montgomery answer, but I I think it makes sense what he's saying. And clearly it's resonating with Matthew Patra because Jim Montgomery has been very close with Patra since Patra got the call up, since he told him you're not going back to the OHL. Um, You can even see it just watching episodes of uh, behind the B all the times that Jim Montgomery is pulling Potter aside and he's coaching him up and he's telling him the Bruins have all the faith in the world in this guy. And you can't just throw him out to the wolves right away. There's going to be growing pains. And the Bruins also like not to be that guy, but like they're not really in a position to just have, they're not the ducks. They don't have to play these guys every single night. The Bruins have right. four, five regular, like 18, five and three. Like they need, they, they want to pick up these wins. So if that means you're going into the third period and you're going to play your best players, 
you're going to play your best players. And unfortunately for Pacho, it just wasn't him Saturday afternoon. It was yeah. somebody else. So I think it's just part of being a 19-year-old rookie in the NHL with no professional hockey experience. You're going to get benched. This kind of stuff is going to happen. Yeah, like the team is 18-5-3 right now. First place in the Atlantic Division and in the conference, first place as well, tied with New York um, with a game in hand, by the way. So the team is winning. Um, why? why I, I don't I, – I, I kind of understand the criticism of Montgomery because obviously we want to see Patra play. He's one of the most exciting players on the team this season and for good reason. Um, unexpected, you know – uh, an unexpected addition to this lineup that nobody saw coming in the beginning of the year. Um, so I, I get it. I do get it. But what Montgomery's doing is utilizing, you know, Patra's abilities at the moment. And I think he's doing it well. And I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. And for what it's worth too, like getting the most out of your players is one of Montgomery's strengths. I mean, right. you can't watch the entire the, the 65 win season last year where players across the board had career years, his first year as the head coach. You can't look at that and not think that this guy has the ability to coach guys up and to play to their strengths. And I still have all the faith in the world that he's going to be able to develop and to introduce and to work with Patra in the way that's going to make Patra the best player he can be. Like this isn't a situation I feel like we're, He's getting benched. He's ruining his development. He's shuffling up and down first line, second line, third line. He doesn't know what he's playing. I don't see it like that. And I'm sure Potra doesn't see it like that either. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but outside of that, um, obviously the Bruins get the three to one win in Buffalo or against Buffalo in Boston, and then also beat Arizona in that matinee game. Um, Mel, you and I were at the Buffalo game as well. And what a shit show that was, huh? <laughs> getting getting to that game, oh my god, between the traffic, between the GPS taking us down the wrong way, between the the TD Garden parking lot being closed. Listen, let me paint the picture for the people who are listening because the gate okay. Oh crap, I gotta plug I thought my computer was plugged in. I gotta break <laughs> like, hang on one second. <laughs> it was a shit show. And and Mel will do a better job at painting the picture than I will. Um but let's just say I almost had to cancel my debit card, my credit card, my my dude. get a new license. Yeah, oh my oh yeah, I forgot about that, dude. <laughs> and and then after that uh, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh okay. Okay, so uh so the game was at seven, right? Bruins Sabres, big game. And I was pumping this game for the last couple weeks. I've been texting you almost every day saying, listen, Bruins Sabres, man, that's your team. We got to see him play. We got to see him play. Easiest yes I think you've ever said to anything. Obviously, we're going to that game. Connor Clifton's back in town. I'm going to be there. I also, I'm also dumb, and I said the Bruins won. They lost. Yeah, I know. They lost 3-1, to one, Yeah, which I'm wasn't the- our fault, by the way. No. And, uh, okay, so it's you, me, and our friend Connor. If We've talked about Connor plenty of times on this show. People should know who he is by now. Um, I tell Connor, I got out of work at four. I'm working from home. I said, Connor, there's going to be traffic. Be at my house at 4.15. Do not come later than 4.15 or else we will not make the game on time. I told him that in person earlier in the week. I texted it to him multiple times. I called him on the phone and said, be at my house at 4.15. He said, I'll be there at 4.15 sharp. He gets out of work at 3.30. (laughs) <laughs> it's 4.14. Mind you, Connor lives across town. He's got like a 12, 15-minute ride at my house. 4.14, Connor texts us. 
hey, I'm going to head out in a couple minutes. I'm like the kid waiting for my dad to pick me up from school. Like I'm sitting there. I got my jersey on. My shoes are tied. My keys are in my pocket. And I'm like, my phone's fully. I'm like, come on. Like, are you kidding? So come to find out Connor's doing his thing. I won't say why he was late. Sally knows why. But he was preoccupied at the moment. So then he finally gets to my house. Guess what time this dude arrives at my house? Tell me. 4.45. A half yeah. hour after I told him to get to my house. So now, guess what, buddy? We're in after work traffic driving through our town. Forget highway, dude. We're driving in the Boston. Two-hour ride. Let's go down the Cape instead. Like, we'd get there quicker than we are going to Boston right now. So we hop in the car. We're driving to Boston. Don't think we went over 40 miles per hour the entire time. There was traffic everywhere in front of us, behind us, next to us. We're taking side roads, traffic. We're on the highway, traffic. We're we're flying traffic. Doesn't matter where we're going. There's cars in front of us and behind us. And so we're getting there. It's <laughs> taking forever. The GPS is recalculating about 15 times. When we left my house, oh, also, before we even hit the highway, I had to go to your house because you left your jacket. And then yep. I bumped into Andrew because Andrew thought that we were somebody stealing your jacket. <laughs> so I talked to Andrew for a couple minutes and then we were on our way. And the, the GPS was saying, okay, games at seven. The GPS said, you'll get there at... uh. Uh, like f- 5.58. And then all of a sudden it was 6.10. And then it was like 6.28. And then the latest it said was like 6.32. And I was like, oh, this sucks. Like whatever. Like at least we'll be under the garden. Like we'll have time to get, you know, some tenders and a beer. Then we'll get to our seats. So we drive into the garden. Uh, you start calling me, but I didn't answer because I was listening to music and I was honestly kind of pissed off. You're ruining my vibe, calling me in the middle of a song. And then, you, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I see your text. Yeah, there's no parking on the garden. And I went, oh my God, we are, we're screwed. So yeah. we, we get into Boston. Uh, we get into Boston at like 640. So now we have 20 minutes to find a spot and get our asses to the garden. Couldn't find a spot anywhere. And also I've never driven through, I've been the passenger driving through Boston. I've never driven through Boston myself before in my freaking mom car, my Honda pilot. So now I'm like, Connor and I are going through back roads we're going we found like some really actually some really quaint little neighborhoods in boston that were really nice just trying to find a parking spot and we didn't know where the hell we were so i would open my ways app i would type in parking first one click it go it would be like a quarter of a mile 25 minutes we're like oh my god <laughs> but we would go and we would get there and it's a residence only parking lot and we go okay type it in again parking we go uh three tenths of a mile 15 minutes we went to three different spots like that on our GPS, trying to find a place to go. Now it's like 7.05, the puck's already dropped, and we're figuring if we park here, we're going to have a half-hour walk to get to the freaking garden anyways. Let's just go home. Like, what are we even doing? Um, and then, uh, oh, there was something else that happened. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> I kind of drive like an asshole, and we were stopped at a red light. I told you this on the phone. We're st- oh, because you found parking under the garden because it was prepaid parking only, which is why we couldn't park there, but you found out that you could go underneath the lady said, did you pay? You said, no. She said, okay, you can go. We could have done that the whole time, I think. I know, I know. <laughs> so, then, so then you call me. So now we're trying to get back to the garden from like the other side of Boston. And we're driving there and we're stopped at a red light. And on our, it's a two-lane road. On the left side is an island. And on the right side are those posts because it's a bike lane. We are completely gridlocked. There's cars. It's like a quarter of a mile stopped dead of just traffic. Suddenly an ambulance comes out of nowhere and Connor and we're like, what, what do we do? And, uh, the ambulance ended up, uh, like everybody kind of got out of the way and I was like, I got a Bruins game. 
and I slipped right behind the ambulance as well as a couple <laughs> other cars that we went through a light. I was driving and I was like, why is nobody using this lane? And I looked, I'm driving in a bus lane. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I like, I went in front of a guy. He flipped me off. I'm like, I, I showed him my hat and my jersey. I said, buddy, I got bigger fish to fry. I'm missing the first period. So <laughs> then we, we finally get to the garden. Uh, we, you know, park, we did what you did. We get upstairs. Uh, and it's, there's like a couple minutes left in the first period by the time we get there. And now I will hand it off to you to explain what we found out when we got to the garden. What we found out when we got to the garden? Yeah, why well, you called me freaking out. Oh, yeah. So I, I gave Mel a call. I parked up in the garage and I'm like, all right, like I'm here, like, but I have a problem. I have a really big problem. No, that's not how you said it. You how called me it? and I answered and you're like, and I was like, what's up? And you're like, dude, I messed up. And I was like, <laughs> what? And you're like, dude, like, I, and like, it, you could hear it in your voice. You're like, dude, I, I, I really messed up, man. And Connor was like, are you okay? And I was like, did you hit somebody in the parking lot? And you're like, no, like, <sighs> I forgot my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Well, cause I, I was worried. Right. So I was worried. So I get out of the car. I'm like f- frantically feeling around my pants, trying to find my wallet. I'm like, it's not in my pants. Like, where's my wallet? So I'm digging around my car. Meanwhile, my truck is parked in between two like big SUVs. So I can only open my door like an inch. So I can hardly look in my car anyways. And you come, you park, I come meet you. Still no wallet in hand. So I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, Mel's going to have to pay for my parking. He's going to have to pay for my beers at the garden, the chicken tenders, everything. Right. And I felt bad. So after all that said and done, the game ends. We head back to the parking garage. The two SUVs who were parked beside me, gone. My wallet standing up on its edge underneath where the SUV was parked, just waiting for me, like with a spotlight on it. Like, like here I am. Like, And I checked it. No money was gone. My cards were all still there. The license was still there. I might be the luckiest guy in the world for that thing to have been sitting in a Boston parking garage for at least three hours alone, unattended, just open for anyone to take. And I get back and it's just sitting pretty there for me. And I could not have been happier. Hey, that's but shout out, but shout out to you. Shout out to you though, for, for, for helping me out. Yeah. And that's the funny part. Cause, um, when we got there, I was like, don't worry about it. I'll just buy you stuff, whatever. Just Venmo me later. It doesn't matter. So I, me and Connor went to get, beers and i gave you my credit card and said just go go get us food and then i'll get because you didn't have your license so i said i'll just buy you a beer and at the garden they have that thing where you stick your card in the machine and you walk in and they have all the beers there you you grab what you want and then it's an amazon thing so when you walk out it's able to like it uses sensors to know what's in your hand and it just charges like there's nobody working it just charges you for that it's pretty cool honestly i think whole foods some of the whole foods does that now yeah well I grabbed two beers, Connor grabbed two beers, and then Connor was walking right next to me when we left. So I got charged for three beers and Connor only got charged for one because we were standing too close to one another. And then um, you bought tenders with my credit card and then we went to, uh, to get pizza after the game and I used my credit card. And then wouldn't you know today, but somebody stole my credit card and it was somebody used it to buy something that I didn't, I was like, it's been a week dude i was like could this game get any like that's the worst night of my life and the, on top of that the bruins lost to yeah Con- the corner clifton buffalo sabers but i just wanted to say one last thing too the funniest thing out of everything that happened it it was all made up for it 
first of all, I saw some beauty there in an autographed hand with Toyota in Jersey. Oh, legend. Absolute legend. But the funniest part of the night, in a night that was full of just nothing but sorrow and upsetness, that's even <laughs> a word, was end of the second period. You, me, and Connor, we're sitting in the 300s. So we have the bars right behind us. End of the second period, you, me, and Connor go up. We go to the bathroom. We grab a beer. Oh. And we stand at a table. And at the garden, there's a clock. And it tells you, you know, how much time until the third period starts, how much time until the puck drops. And when we got to the table, there was like 15, 16 minutes left until yeah. the puck drop. So yeah. we're all just, you know, standing there, like shooting the shit, uh, talking about the game, just talking about whatever. There's like two and a half, maybe three minutes left. And I go, all right, should we go back to our seats now? And we're, and you're like, yeah, let's go. And Connor's like, actually, I'm going to go grab a beer and, a, and take a leak. Like, are you a dumbass? You've had 15 <laughs> minutes. Did you're going to miss the start of the period. And you're going to have to stand up there and wait. And Connor's like, oh, it's fine. I'll be quick. I'll be quick. So you and, <laughs> you and I go back to our seats and sure as hell, the puck drops and Connor's not back yet. And we look up and like, it, he just missed it. He's standing at the top of the stairs double fisting a tall he, he had two tall boy Michelob ultras standing at the top of the stairs waiting for a stop and play so he could come down to his seat they they did from the minute they dropped the puck they did not blow the whistle for over 12 minutes <laughs> I was standing there until there was eight minutes left in the third waiting for a whistle just so we, and then by then I'm like I don't even want the beer anymore <laughs> dude and the funniest part was like we every now and then we would like kind of turn our heads to look up at him and he'd just be standing there like blank stare on his face like dude what is there gonna be a whistle like dude like it, he had the thousand yard stare like he just like he just saw his own death like he was like i can't like i should have listened to the to the guys like i can't, I, can't. I should have just held it and, and then I, the only because he doesn't have a bruins jersey so I, I let him borrow mine but the only bruins jersey i had was lucci so i put tape on the back and wrote felino on it and the guy was getting comments left and right on his yeah jersey. he was dude. he was, it was awesome. yeah, despite dude. the bruins loss and everything that happened it was still a fun night yeah, but I mean, then they turned around in that matinee game. Pasta with two goals against Arizona, one assist, three point night for him. Danton Heinen again remains on fire with a goal. Charlie Coyle with a goal. Um, but Arizona kind of made it close, dude. They were they were they were making us sweat it out a little bit. And Arizona's no slouch either. Arizona's a fun team to watch. Yeah, well, because I mean. They- well, they're weird because, like, I don't think anybody they expected anything coming out of them <laughs> this year, and I don't really know what to expect out of them right now. But obviously, they're they've been the talk of the league the last couple of weeks because they beat the yeah. last five Stanley Cup winning champions all in a row, which is crazy. I don't know what's I don't know what's weirder the fact that they did that or like what are the odds of some team having that on their schedule? Like, you look at your schedule and the last in in chronological order too, the last five Stanley Cups like that's silly. And also, they went out and they beat like, every single one of them. But do, like, don't get me wrong. Like, that is weird and kind of an anomaly. But like, is it not at the same time kind of strange for a team to be kind of bragging about that? Like, they beat St. Louis. Like, St. Louis is not a good hockey team anymore. No, I know. But you know still, what I mean? I mean, yeah, and and like Washington hasn't been great either. But um, right, their their Twitter admin though was hilarious they, the, Dude, yeah. the thanos meme with the with the, yeah, uh, the, with the coyotes now with the w and he had the gauntlet and he's infinity <laughs> stone from each team yeah i thought that was funny but no but arizona was a team that came in here riding high um and the bruins scored two goals right off the bat i was like here we go yeah. baby because you know bruins and matinee games we all know how that goes and oh, yeah. uh yeah and all of a sudden it was two nothing and then Coyotes tied it in like literally 45 seconds. It was like, yeah, I feel like that's happened multiple times this year where the Bruins have given up 
like two goals in a span of a minute and a half or something. Yeah, um, it's weird. But that I forgot that was the game that I promised everybody if the Bruins scored 10 goals, I'd buy them Christmas presents. <laughs> 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 if I if if I say I actually followed through with that right and the Bruins scored ten, I actually did that. The amount of people who just wanted like authentic jerseys, I would have been like over ten grand in the hole. I don't. Oh, I'm yeah. a mailman. I'm a mailman. I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> it would have been a speedy delivery, though. It would have been absolutely. Oh my god! It would have been the quickest, fastest, most effective delivery of all time. I would have done there's it myself. Been, there's never been jerseys delivered that efficiently before. Actually, no, I, yeah, ask DH Gate. You know what's funny too is, speaking of jerseys, we we forgot all, all that time to talk about the giveaway we were doing with the pasta jersey. We yeah, finally was- remembered last week. And then we forgot to tweet it. <laughs> yeah, we, I was, we'll do that. I was, I was driving home from work today, and I was like, "Oh shit, we were." You know what it was? It was because Chris Davis shout out dropped the mitts. They're giving away an autograph, yeah. uh, Jeremy Swayman uh, picture. Go look at uh, what's their Twitter account? I think it's at Drop at Dri- Mitts. I think it's at Drop Mitts Hockey. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, at Drop let me, let me double check really quick. But they tweeted sure. it today. Um, and he's doing a giveaway for uh, yeah at drop mitsaki they're doing a giveaway yep. for a autographed jeremy swayman picture i saw that i thought that's really cool and then it immediately hit me oh we were supposed to give away that that uh authentically fake david pasternak jersey so maybe one of these days we'll remember but maybe maybe you know maybe next week we'll do it we'll hold yeah. off till then yeah but um yeah so that those two games buffalo arizona um those are the two games since our last episode drop and um I think we should jump into the voicemails DM or actually, did we get any voicemails this week? We sh- instead of calling it the voicemail segment, we should just call it the Lowell segment. Cause the, the Lowell line It's the Lowell line. The Lowell line. He called <laughs> me. He was horrible. Wait, also shout out to him, dude. Um, I, I don't know. I think you did see it, but he put it out on Twitter. He was at uh, the greatest bar and I guess he, I guess he drunk, he drunk, ordered a Czech Republic flag and he's going to hang it up. Dude, I love him so much. It's literally the greatest thing. And I hope he wears that flag to the next game. I hope I see him on the TV, on the Jumbotron, wrapped up in that Czech flag. Oh, I I love him so much. Lovell, you got to let us know when the next game you're going to is because Silly and I will do everything in our power to be there. I'm trying everything I can to convince you to go to the Rangers game with me on Saturday because prices are dropping every day, but uh, they're still pretty expensive expensive, because that's a wagon coming in. Shut up. That'll be a good game, though. Yeah. All right. Here's Lovell's uh, first voicemail. This was Thursday at 930. This is when you and I and Connor were at the Garden, probably right at the end of the game. Uh, Here's what he said. I want Connor Clifton back. Me too, man. No. Me too. No. no, listen. Listen. <laughs> no. Listen. No. All right. Although he did no, try Buffalo his best. No. Dude, he tried his best. He he basically scored the Bruins' only goal in that game it, against Buffalo. It's not his fault. Buffalo just doesn't know how to use him. <laughs> he he was a he was a weapon in Boston <laughs> last year. And and I feel it's funny because sometimes I forget that um like people don't know that I'm joking half the time half the stuff I more than half 80% of the stuff that I tweet on Twitter is just jokes you're and very I, sarcastic 
extremely and i understand yeah. how that doesn't come off and i feel like if you don't listen to the pod you probably don't understand that it's like, and, the, uh, like when you tweeted out um the garland trade and people are coming at you you're like, you're like four or five times you're like this is not me this yeah, was no, silly. enough people were coming at me I, I just started linking your tweets i was like yeah. it's him go at him just forget about me and i did that again the other day um you you you, you traded you tweeted something about some player and i quote tweeted it and i was like Matt Grizzlick, Fabian Lysel, and a third round pick. And I had people coming at me like, dude, are you an idiot? Why would you give up that much for this? I don't remember who the player was. They're like, why would you give up that much for this player? And then I was like, no, it wasn't me. That was Sully. Remember the Connor Garland tweet? Like, I was going again. <laughs> it's um, kind of weird how that's like synonymous with my Twitter. It's your now. brand. Like, it kind of is. I don't know how to feel I, about that. <laughs> when I met, um, Shout out Adam Hurley. When I met him for the first time in person at uh, Kowloon's, he didn't know who I was. And uh, and then, like, as he was listening to my conversations with, like, Brett and Boosie, he understood who I was. He was like, wait, are you are you Mel? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you're the pumpkin beer guy. <laughs> oh my God. So your Connor Garland brand is, like, what I guess pumpkin beer is to me. But how, what the reason I was saying this was because the other day um, I quote tweeted something about Connor Clifton and I said, bring him home. And uh, people thought I was being serious. And they were like, yeah. why would you? He sucks. Like, why would you want him back? And I was like, because he's a Quinnipiac guy. Like, <laughs> he's, a, he's a bobcat. I wasn't giving any reasoning other than that. But no, honestly, though, he has looked terrible in Buffalo. And um, I don't know. I wonder what he would look like if he were to come back in this Bruins system. He was pretty good last year as your third third D, man. Who do you think was better? Last year's Connor Clifton or this year's Kevin Shattenkirk? Ooh. They play so differently, but Connor Clifton on the Bruins last year was so electric. Um I don't know. I, I would still say Shattenkirk just because he's more reliable and he brings out vet presence. But I mean, there's no debating. Like, yes, Connor Clifton, objectively, god awful this year. <laughs> Last year, like I said before, this year, Connor Clifton is back to Cliffy hockey. Last year, Connor Clifton was not, he was Connor Clifton plays hockey. Like, That's that, right. that, yeah, that version yeah. of Clifton I loved, but like, that era is over. It's done. Yeah, no, I agree. Thanks and, for the memories. And honestly, I think that he could be used as a bit of a litmus test as to uh, showing how effective this system is for in in uh, in defenses. I think I've mentioned it before. I don't like the cross sports, obviously, even though I do it all the time. But uh, like Bill Belichick, for example, all of the D-backs, the defensive backs, the cornerbacks in this system thrive. He picks up undrafted guys off the street and turns them into pro bowlers, turns them into all pros. Um, and I'm not saying that Jim Montgomery is Bill Belichick. I'm just saying since yeah. Jim Montgomery took hold of this team last year, they had like four or five, def- almost every single defenseman on this team had a career year. Yeah. Um, and I know uh, Hampus Lindholm hasn't been terrific this year, but Brandon Carlo sure has. So I mean, yeah, offensively, and, and it's, and I think the reason I think people think that Hampus Lindholm hasn't been great is because they're comparing his numbers to what he did last year, which like we yeah. might never see that again from Hampus Lindholm because that was dude, like that's not who he is, like yeah, because we have to remember too, like the first month there was no McAvoy, so he was quarterbacking everything, yeah, and that was that played a big part in it too because the beginning of the season he was so hot, like. I know we always reference this because I think it's just the Hampus Lindholm game, that Pittsburgh game where he just yeah. all the way up the ice and just ripped it. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think he's taking too much slack this year. Um, he's fine. Uh, 
reliable defensively. Sure, he has a couple of really bad giveaways, but like, and yeah, they're uncharacteristic, but it's going to happen. It's an 82 game schedule. Overall, Lindholm has been good. Um, we don't need Connor Clifton. <laughs> Just to bring it back around. Even though it pains me. All right, we got another one. Uh, this was about seven minutes later. Another one from Louisville. Oh, sorry, I clicked off of it. Yeah, how much longer does uh, Jack Edwards have in the booth, do you guys think? Like, it's like an elephant in the room type of thing this year, but he is just slurring words, like, so often and just, like, saying things that don't make sense. And that's for Jack Edwards is saying things that don't make sense. But, like, yeah, I don't know. How much time do you... Think there's no way he goes past this year, right? I don't know, dude. I honestly don't know because I was I thought there was no way he would make it past last year. <laughs> you know. with you, I was surprised that he brought, and especially that guy they had. Who what was Alex Frost or something? The guy that they had in the preseason. Uh, I don't know his name, but that's it's. Uh, I liked he him. Was, I, I did like him. He was good in the Bruins. Or Nesson didn't sign him, and then he went to like Seattle, I think, or L.A. Yeah, I play guy. I don't know, dude. I I love Jack Edwards so much. He's like you posted the highlight Jack Edwards highlight video on Twitter the other day. Like his calls, electric. Um, you know, game seven against Montreal, Horton scores, electric call. Bruins beat the Leafs game seven, Toronto, electric call. The amount of times that he would just go off the rails and go nuts, electric. Um, I'm pretty sure he compared um, Matt Cook to Sirhan Sirhan. Like, <laughs> like what, what, what other announcer is doing that? And, and it's entertaining, but that's not – he doesn't have his fastball anymore. That's what I'll say. Yeah, yeah. and um... – uh, like it's, I understand how difficult it is for for Nesson. I don't even. That's not a Bruins call, right? That's a Nesson call. Um, right. And I'm sure the Bruins have some leeway. I mean, Jacobs owns Nesson. Anyways, um, I mean, he's he's been doing it with Nesson for so long. He's so synonymous with the Boston Bruins. I mean, there's you and I are part of the generation that I don't know anybody else other than Jack Edwards. I've never heard anybody else call a Bruins game before, unless it's like deep in the playoffs or a national game. It's always been Jack Edwards, and. Um, I think it's a hard call to tell him that he can't do it anymore, especially if it's like a reason that's beyond his ability. Like, you know, you don't want to s- speculate, but there's clearly something going on with Jack Edwards. He 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 sound he does not sound like the Jack Edwards that we've always known. And that video right. that I tweeted the other day is all the evidence in the world of that. It doesn't take a rocket science to listen to Jack Edwards call a game today and realize that maybe there's something going on. And I'm like I'm sure Jack Edwards does not want to give that job up, and I don't blame him. And this is not the way he would have ever envisioned himself stepping out of the role. But like at some point, like you gotta, somebody has to make that call. And if it's not going to be Jack Edwards, because it never will be, it's going to have to be Nesson. And I think that they had a really good guy to replace him in the preseason. I I, I don't remember his name. I thought it might have been Alex Frost. I don't know if that's his name or not. I thought he was great. I thought he had good chemistry. And um, now he's gone. So I don't know how much longer he has left, but uh, it seems like every year it's getting a little worse and worse. Yeah, and it's becoming more evident too. And I don't want I don't want this to come off as like Jack bashing, right? Because we've I, like I'll speak for myself. I think you feel the same way, but like we love I do. Jack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We love Jack. 
And I'm reading this thing right now um, written by Chad Finn in The Globe. This was in 2018. <clears throat> he signed a four-year contract with Nesson. So in 2018, he signs a four-year contract and he was quoted as saying, Jack Edwards was quoted as saying, my hope is to still be doing this in 2025. So is, is this the last year of his contract? Like, is that is that what that's basically allu- alluding to, right? Four-year deal in 2018. Well, actually, then it wouldn't. Yeah, my math isn't nothing. No, I think you're right, because it would be, what, 2018-2019 season, 2019-2020, 2020-2021. Yeah, no, your math isn't mathing. You're an idiot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I thought the the same thing. No, but I'm, I'm... I'm totally with you because I, I, I love Jack Edwards and I've been very public about my affirmation for Jack Edwards. I've defended him multiple times on Twitter, whether it be people um, thinking that he calls a shitty game. I think he adds an element to a hockey game that you will not get on any other broadcast. I've never, even we can just talk local sports. I've never listened to a broadcast and had a play-by-play guy be so passionate about their favorite team that's playing. Some people hate that. I'm in the, in the side of people who don't hate that. And like people, people want Jack Edwards to be, to not have a bias, right. To be partial to, to, to not clearly be rooting for the Bruins. That's not going to happen. You're watching a game on a network owned by the Boston Bruins. Obviously it's going to be staggered towards the Bruins. You dummy. Like, come on, get your head out of your ass. Jack Edwards is from new England. He grew up a Bruins fan. He worked for ESPN in Connecticut. He's worked for Nesson for over 20 years. This guy lives and breathes Bruin hockey. He got a Stanley cup ring in 2011. He's in every team DVD that they've ever made. Like he is as much ingrained in the Bruins identity as anybody else's. Like he, I wouldn't if when he retires, they're gonna name that booth after him. Like he is synonymous <laughs> in TD Garden, and he like p- people, people get upset that he likes the Bruins and that he defends the Bruins. Then watch the national broadcast. Put the TV on. I don't know what to tell you. You're watching Nesson. Like yeah. you're gonna hear a Bruins fan working for a network owned by the Bruins call a Bruins game catered towards the Bruins. Like, right. It's it blows my mind why people get so upset by that. Yeah, and I'll even tune into other games, right? And I'll hear their broadcast and it's so generic. And we were kind of alluding to that last episode too, talking about how like broadcast, you know, uh, productions are kind of getting too generic and boring. And Jack Edwards is the complete opposite of that. And he just he like especially in his heyday, right? Like he brings life to a game. He brings like another element. Like you're already excited for the game, but then you hear Jack's voice and his excitement level, and it just brings you up to another level. And especially as a kid, dude, as a kid listening to him get so jacked up about the team and get so excited about certain plays or players, it almost make it personal. Like it makes you feel like you're physically invested in this team, this game as well. Yeah. And, and he, like, he's, he was always so quick with it and he's like, he's so, he's able to so eloquently describe an emotion. And like, I mean, when he's calling a game, he's speaking for all of us. If somebody flops on the ice, he's gonna like, he's gonna find some way to make fun of the guy and some witty joke because that's, that's a soft ass play. Or like if, like there was, um, 
the tweet that I had, the, the highlight video of Jack Edwards calls, one of them, I don't remember who it was, but one of them like uh, got sent to the box. I think he got called for flopping and he like faked an arm injury. And Jack Edwards is like, hey, my arm, my arm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a baby. Making, I mean, he's awesome. And just he would he would make it more than a game. Oh, the Bruins just scored. Hang on. Yeah, who was it? Ge- geeky. Was it really? It was geeky. Oh, my God. Dude, but like, I, I think I know the one you're talking about. And if it's not the same one, then it's a different one where um, – Somebody was going to the box. I think it was a Montreal player, and he was like complaining to the ref. And I'll just throw a guy's name in there. He's like, and Gianta is just yapping, 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 yapping all the way to the box. And then, like, it cuts, it starts to cut away, and you just hear him go, (laughs) Should should we just play the video? Yeah. All right, hang on. Let me find it. Um, um, I'm scrolling through my tweets. We won't play the whole thing, but we'll play like a little snippet of it. Yeah, I'll play some of it. If I can find, find it. it. <laughs> hang but on, yeah. hang on. I, I was going through my tweets. Let me go. I think it's still in my camera roll. Yeah, but I, I love him, dude. And he brings so much character. And it, it sucks seeing him in this, in, in, you know, these, these final years of him as a broadcaster. Because it is obvious. It is a very big elephant in the room. Dude, am I stupid? Do you want me to find it for you? I'm gonna find yeah, it for I, you. I can't find this thing. When did I All tweet right. it? So <laughs> I'm gonna find it in literally two seconds. You probably will. Um this is phenomenal radio. Oh, it was it was this it was this week, right? Uh, Dude, this is bad. If we can't find it, play the next voicemail. All right, wait, give me give me thirty seconds. All right, so Mel's got thirty seconds on the clock here. I also have thirty seconds on the clock as I'm looking as well. I, I found it. it. I found it. I found it. I found it. <laughs> oh, we find it at the same time. All right, you play it. Good cell job there by baseman. A little bit of contact. Oh, that's a cell job. Oh, oh come on. Pretty good cell job there by Spencer. Oh, they my arm. They would never work again. <laughs> a peewee gamer if there's a bone sticking out of his leg but that is utterly ridiculous <laughs> and you're gonna stop the play for a guy who's still guy conscious, still conscious? <laughs> and it goes down as if shot get up that was legendary scores. I did it. he's jumping up and down <laughs> There's one more I wanted to play, and you can you can go look at the tweet yourself. It's a little over four minutes of just Jack Edwards' greatest. But this was honestly, I'm not even kidding. This was one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my entire life. Bonus last season when the Pittsburgh Riders nominated Matt Cook for the Masterton Award for dedication and perseverance to hockey. The justification being how Cook had changed his ways. After basically assassinating Mark Savard, nominating Cook for the Masterton is about the equivalent of nominating Sirhan Sirhan as the Prisoner of the Year. 
<laughs> like that's Jack Edwards. And yeah, that's, that's the Jack that. Edwards that we've known our entire lives. This Jack Edwards that we've had the last three, four seasons now, he's not that guy anymore. Yeah. And it sucks to say that. So I don't know. Oh, I closed my phone. I don't know um, when his time is going to be up, but it, it, it hurts to see either way. Yeah, it's going to be a sad day when when that comes. But, um, you know, and, and I understand as well the perspective of people who are kind of sick of it. I get it. I do. I get it. But I'll be in Jack's corner until he, he decides to call it quits. I'll always be a Jack stand, baby. All right. We have two more from Lowell. This one is from Sunday night at 613 p.m. What up, boys? Went to the game yesterday versus Arizona. Big win from the boys. Thought they played really well. Love going to the garden. Always a blast. Had a bunch of wobbly pops. But uh, I've been seeing a lot on Twitter. There's uh, a lot of people that still think we need center depth. And I'm a big, if it's not broke, don't fix it guy. Um, and I think, you know, we can play really well with this lineup. So do you really think we need to make a move at the deadline to keep up the lineup? Or could you see the uh, Bruins, you know, keeping this roster uh, into the playoffs, I guess? Um, it's interesting, right? Because there's like, like we see right now with Jesper Bokefist up, like that's a good center depth piece that you have in your lineup that you can kind of integrate in and out. Um, Patra, obviously the team has to make playoffs first, but Patra come playoffs is going to be an interesting, you know, thing to follow. See if he's going to be able to keep up with that. Um, but I think that we need help on the back end, specifically the left side. And I've been a big advocate for that, obviously, for a while now with Zadorov. Zadorov. Um, there's a couple other guys out there right now too that I think could help bolster the defense. Because um, I mean, the, the big issue last year against the Panthers was that they they out hit you, they out physical you, if that's a term. But um, <laughs> I think that's more towards what they should be looking at. And this is just me speculating. Like I don't know shit, but this is just my eye test. My eye test says that you need to get bigger on the back end, protect the house a little bit more, um, protect your stars a little bit more too. I mean, how many times this season have we seen guys rough up McAvoy, rough up pasta? I mean, we saw a goalie. McAvoy's uh, hurt right now. Right. And we saw, yeah, he took an elbow to the face by JJ Paterko, which we haven't even talked about. Took an elbow straight to the <laughs> noggin and nobody, nobody even moved towards Paterko. That's your star defenseman on the back end, your assistant captain, and no one has anything to say for it. Maybe they didn't see it, but still, I mean, he's out for the rest of the game. He's out for who knows right now, day to day, but I'm a firm believer and you need at least one or two guys like that in your lineup. Like, yes, the analytics will go against that, but historically and knowing how the game is played, you still need that to a certain level in your lineup. Yeah. I'm with you. And I know Lobel said, if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And uh, I'm, I kind of feel that way, but not really. Like, I think you're okay with your centers, actually. As long as everybody's healthy, like, to his point, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I do think that there are some things you can do to improve this roster. I, I've been agreeing with what you've been saying about beefing up the back end and adding some grit and sandpaper to this team. And I also still feel like they need more secondary scoring. They need a second-line right winger. And... um I mean, I mean, I don't think that your center, believe it or not, I think center was one of your big question marks heading into this year. Right now, I, 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 I'm not concerned about the center depth. Um, Me either. I think, I think when healthy Zaka has been great, 
Uh, I mean, Potter has been benched a handful of times, but he's, he hasn't looked bad. I mean, he's looked like what you'd think a 19 year old rookie would look like. Actually not even, he looked better than that. Cause he's, he's still been producing. Um, Coyle has been having a career year. Geeky's been playing great. If he's playing center, if he's playing wing um, and Beecher too, he's been playing great on fourth line center. So like, I'm okay with centers. For me, I agree with you. The help on the defensive side, uh, the defensive unit. Um, but the big thing for me is getting some more secondary scoring. They could use some help yeah. there. Yeah, for sure. All right, we got another one. This is from today, 5.49 p.m. from Lobel. Ooh. What's up, though? You guys think that B is a wicked test? I'm in a podcast. <laughs> 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 oh god I didn't even know what to say that was awesome <laughs> those are all the voicemails <laughs> oh my god I love him shout out Chris shout, shout out Chris out you guys if you're listening right now we gotta bump his followership up uh, Chris right now let's see again follow him on Twitter at Boston Bruins um, his profile picture is him with that homemade jersey in the pants he's got 521 followers right now by next week, I want that number at six. I want that number oh, at six hundred right now. Spell out the at. What is it? B A H. B A H S T I N Bruins. Give him a follow. I Give love him a follow. Dude. If you Give think his follow. voicemails are hot, and if you think his voicemails are funny, wait until you see this kid's tweets. They're even yes. better. And that's yeah. hard. That's hard to beat. Um, but those are the voicemails from this week. Now for the DMs. We got a banger from a friend across the across the pond, Jack. You can follow Jack on Twitter at hang on. At Jack at A Jack B underscore. Jack says, Hey guys, if Thanksgiving stems from the pilgrims coming over, Puritans. If Thanksgiving stems from the pilgrims coming over from England, it's alarming I didn't know about it because I'm actually from Plymouth, where they set off and have walked past the Mayflower Steps, where the ship from England to the USA set off from from thousands of times. I genuinely went home this weekend and walked past them as well, fully in the knowledge that without those steps, you'd have no Thanksgiving. Boxing Day is great. The day straight after Christmas. Everyone is in a food coma, and then you make your way to the Boxing Day football match. Festive football hits different. Sounds similar to the Thanksgiving NFL games, except every team in England has a match. Also, I can assure you boys that England is not like Narnia or the Shire. If it was to be <laughs> any fictional universe, we'd be Westeros as the North is roughly, oh, as the North Ooh. is rough as toast. I get a free pass to say that having my family from Middlesbrough in the Northeast. Calling us a fictional land is a little rich coming from you two guys from a country that's so prone to disagreeing. You have different laws in every single state rather than having <laughs> one set of rules for the entire country. Sounds like a very united United States you've got. <laughs> Mel, you said you were sure you'd not get any heat for that one, so I did not want to disappoint. Not much Bruins action to comment on this week. Losing out to Buffalo is obviously mortifying as they've been so underwhelming this season so far, but then bouncing back to get the win against Arizona was good to see, despite Arizona being the most boring franchise imaginable. My question this week is in light of the news that the All-Star Weekend format is changing slightly. What would you guys do to make the All-Star break better? We don't have one in football, and after watching clips of the NFL and NBA All-Star break, I can't say I'm envious. Personally, I think it's a massive waste of time. The skill games are boring, and the matches are played at 10% intensity. 
understandably, as all the best players are against each other midseason, so why risk injury? Let's see if you can sell the All-Star weekend to me. Honestly, I'm kind of with him. It's kind of boring. How to spice it up? Maybe like... Give everybody a flaming stick. That would be cool. That would be cool. Gary. Gary. Make it happen. Um, Wait, hang on. Okay, sorry, go ahead. What if you did like a three-on-three tournament? Tournament. Like not just a game, but tournament. And you had captains for each team. Honestly, I feel like the first thing they should do is put the all-star game rosters back to how it was before. This is bullshit that there's like, you have a set amount of players from each division. So like, yeah, that's weird. Last year, the Bruins had one all the 65 win Boston Bruins. I think their only two all-stars were pasta and Sleeman. Yeah. Or pasta, sorry, pasta and Omar. Like Marshawn should be like a, and, and that's why like, it's really frustrating because like all-stars in other leagues mean a lot. If you're a pro bowler in the NFL, if maybe not as much, cause like Mac Jones was a pro bowler, his rookie year, because every single other quarterback before him dropped out. But like when you look at Tom Brady's legacy and you see, he's like a, a 15 or 17 time pro bowler. Like that means something. When you look at like an NBA, like LeBron James, he's like a 20 time all-star. That means something. You look at Brad Marchand, one of the, the, honestly, he's one of the best goal scorers of a generation. I believe it's from like since 2015. He's like one of four players that have like X amount of goals. He's like a two time yeah. all star because of the stupid voting rules. Like they've made the all star meaning, the all star game is meaningless because of the way that players get voted in. Cause like you can have a guy like Connor McDavid is going to be a perennial all star, but because of like the votes, like only like you can have one player from each team. And then if you have another player from that team, they have to get through the second round of voting. So like maybe dry will make it. Maybe he won't. That's a guy who should be an all star every single year with Connor McDavid. And maybe that's not the best example, but there's plenty of examples like that around the league. And I feel like the NHL has made being an all star kind of worthless. It's very, participation trophy-esque yes like it's like like what like like exactly what you're saying and i don't know how to say it any better than you just said it but if you deserve to be in the all-star game you should be in the all-star game you shouldn't be in the all-star game just because there's too many players on your team that are already on a roster like it's stupid i don't know i don't know off the top of my head if there's a cap on how many is it is it true that is there one player from me? No, that's baseball. I know there's there they like there's hardly anybody who goes to the All Star games. The rosters are tiny, and like somebody like a team like Colorado, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, and um, oh my God, Rantanen, yes, should be perennial All Stars every single year. Perennial All Stars, and yep. they're not because of the way that the NHL does voting because it, it it's stupid. I don't know how many times each of them has been an all-star, but it's stupid. And they've made it literally worthless. Like the best players should be in the game every year. If that means that there's like six players from the lightning in 2018 on the Eastern conference team, then that's what it means. And I feel like as a hockey fan, like you want to see the best players play and you want to see the players that deserve it play. And like, uh, like a 20 year old kid who's entering the league and playing lights out like Connor Bedard. Like that would be cool if he's, Oh, Connor Bedard is pushing me the first, you know, rookie all-star since whatever. I don't even know when the last rookie all-star is because of how stupid the voting is now, but Connor Bedard is a guy who deserves it. It's just, yeah. it doesn't make sense. And th- there's a million things that they should change about the all-star game. Um, they've made it so watered down 
it's not even fun anymore. And the jerseys suck. They should yeah. go back. They should have the home team or the Eastern Conference, for example. They all wear their away NHL jerseys. And the Western like- Conference team wears all their home NHL jerseys. Or at least they could all wear their like NHL helmets. Or I don't know. I don't even know if they do that because I don't watch the All-Star game because it sucks. Yeah, I don't – like their biggest draw is probably hardest shot. Like and that, yeah. even that's like there's no Char anymore. There's no Weber. Um, like who would even be the draw for that right now? If you had to pick one guy, like is there okay. is there a guy? <laughs> maybe, but is there a guy synonymous? Like Char was synonymous with like basically head to head. It was like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, dude. When you yeah, had Shea dude. Weber and Zidane Char going head to head in the hardest shot competition. Char, that was it. Was that was basically Weber versus Chara was basically John Wilkes Booth versus Lee Harvey Oswald. Who had the hardest shot? (laughs) I think we can ask a couple of guys who will share their opinion, or maybe not. Can't now. Um, No, I mean, there's it's it's stupid, and it's not even just an (laughs) NHL. It's not even just an NHL thing. Like the MLB All-Star game sucks. People only watch it for the home run derby. The NBA All-Star game, they they've they recognize that it sucks and they try to change the rules to make it more competitive so players will actually try. But in the yeah. NHL All-Star game, you're ne- the game's never going to be good. Players are never going to go balls to the wall. They're never going to give it 100% unless they they're playing for something. I I don't know what that would be. I mean, they could do it like baseball where the winner gets Whole mice advantage in the Stanley Cup Finals, but I, I hate. That, no, I hate. I hate that. I hate, I hate that, I hate that I hate so that. much. I'm so glad you agree because I've always hated yeah. that in the MLB. And it's, but I, home home ice advantage, in my opinion, means more than home home field advantage in any other sports. Well, I mean, Super Bowl is in a not in a home stadium, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, how could they entice them? Like because they just mishmash everybody. Anyway, I mean, players players make pennies in the dollar. They could give them some money if they win or something. Yeah, if the NHL has the money. I mean, they might not. You know what um, they should do? The NHL should do, and it would cost a lot of money, but it would be kind of cool if they, if they, uh, like each player uh, on the winning team, like the NHL will like pay to like build a rink of their hometown or something. Yeah, that would be cool. Or like that would be good for the communities, and it would it like it would really give the players something to play for because they obviously want to support their home and their communities. Yeah, like like the like. <laughs> Like when John Scott was in the All Star game, honestly, that, like that I have his the, shirt. I have a John Scott All Star shirt. That's sick. That <laughs> that might have been the most fun. Zem- like the last Zemgis time the All Star game was like Zemgis Gergensen's is the greatest. The player player of Latvia voted for. <laughs> yes, yes, but like maybe have something like that where this like no because i don't know how you would do that i don't know I, the the whole all-star game shtick is kind of tired yeah that uh, i don't know make sure they could do it outdoors every year that would All-Star be cool is, so they could do here's what they do that would be right cool off, right off the bat they fix voting it goes back to how all-star voting is in literally every single other north american professional sport you vote the best players in that's step yeah. one step two is you give the players something to play for. Not to toot my own horn, I like my idea of the NHL can build a rink 
And like, it doesn't have to be like a full bone, like build an outdoor rink and in, in their community or something like that would be kind of cool. Or the captain of the team. No. Cause then it would just be like, make wait, I don't know. Can, can I ask you a question? Yeah. If you could build an outdoor rink for an NHL all-star game in any place in the world, where would it be? The North pole. You know where I would do it? Dude, Santa and his elves are out there dropping the ceremonial first puck. That'd be electric. They could have, they could have their own team, dude. That would be kind of yeah. cool. And instead of the goal horn, he could just fly his sleigh over the rink and all the reindeers go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the goal light is Rudolph's nose, dude. That's actually, <laughs> that's actually perfect. I think, dude, you fill up the Coliseum with water, freeze it, turn that into a rink. Yeah, and then you you just destroy one of one of the seven ancient wonders of the world. <laughs> yeah, Lee Harvey Oswald, or I mean, Zdeno Char takes his shot and it just misses the net, goes out of the goes out of the rink, crumbles the Coliseum. You know, maybe after uh, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg fight in the in the Coliseum, we can ask if they can turn it into a rink. But that honestly, that would be cool if they could do it in uh, the Coliseum. I don't know what their climate's like over there. In, uh, maybe, maybe the like. Maybe um, in like the Swiss Alps, that would be kind of cool. That would be cool. That would be pretty cool. And players can like ski in or snowboard yeah. in or something, <laughs> or slide like, down. All, all of a sudden, you just like the PA announcer, or whatever, and here come the all stars, and you just hear like a hundred snowmobiles just plow, <laughs> like very minimal in the distance, and they just grow bigger and bigger. That would be kind of cool. I, so I think I think um, fixing voting, giving them something to play for. I don't I don't know if players wear their helmets or not from their NHL teams, but I always like if there's a way to pay homage to the team that they play for. I always thought it'd be really cool if you had the entire Eastern Conference wear their white away NHL team jerseys, and the Western Conference can wear their home NHL team jerseys. They're they're all going to be different colors, but I mean, you can tell between the dark jerseys and the light jerseys. I always thought that would be kind of cool. Um, yeah, I would do those, and then um, there, we just said something else. I don't know, but those three things are. Oh, and then and then do it outdoors at an outdoor rink. I don't know where that's yeah. going to be, um, but if they can do an outdoor game in Seattle, they can do it anywhere in the U.S. Damn it! Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, so shout out to Jack. Um, want to read his Twitter handle again? I don't have it up on my phone right now. Yes, you can follow Jack, our friend from across the pond, on Twitter at a Jack B underscore. Perfect. So now let's uh, jump to Ethan uh, Ethan two point uh, two part DM. Follow him on Twitter at. Incredible Mr. E7 Bruins beach season. He said, who's the trade target now that Zadorov is gone and what slash who are you willing to move? Was hoping Zaboro would be packaged in a trade. Um, Depends on the level of talent you're getting, right? Because I'm very – I will say this. I've been thinking recently, and I, I'm not necessarily on board with it, right? But there's – an elephant in the room right now that's not being talked about. Jake DeBrusque is a pending free agent. He's having a, not a bad season, but the production isn't there. His number for, you know, his contract, I have no idea where it's at right now. I feel like we don't even know what kind of player he is, to be honest with you. I don't know what his trade value is. I'm very curious to see what happens with him, but a trade target, maybe, 
I mean, more information will come out once we start getting teams trade lists. Um, Chris Tanev in Calgary is rumored to be on the trading block. Tyson Berry, I want to stay far away from Tyson Berry. Yeah, he's on um, my fantasy team, dude. He sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ethan Bear, he's a free agent. He could just be signed. Um, in terms of flyers, Nick Sealer, not a lot of people know about him, but he's a he's one of those hard-nosed defensemen. Sean Walker, Rasmus Ristolainen. Uh, and then see, looking at Seattle, Will Borgen, Adam Larson, Jamie Alexiak. Those are my targets right now. Um, in terms of what it would take to get those guys, a prospect and a pick maybe. Um, maybe some of our depth guys who, who could be playing in regular minutes in the NHL. Um, but I don't think we're close enough to the deadline yet where we really know the true values or the true needs of the team. Yeah, I agree. I like all those names you just mentioned. Let me ask you this. I know you were talking about defensemen. Do you think there's any chance not to switch gears? Do you think there's any chance that the Bruins go kick doors again on uh, Elias Lindholm? I think so, for sure. And if they do that, here's the thing. If they do that, then I think you're going to want to get Noah Hannafin in that deal as well. And if, yes. that's, the, if, yes. that's, if that's the case, dude, that's going to be a big package. And yeah. Here I go. I was say. <laughs> listen, listen for for a number one center that you're you're looking for and you've been looking for. Oh, granted, the center depth that we've seen this season is very good and surprising, and a lot of that has to do with Pavel Zaka's emergence as a pretty legit one C and Matthew Patra being able to hold his own um, for that third slash second line role. Noah Hannafin would be amazing to add to this decor. Elias Lindholm, for some reason, doesn't excite me as much as it does for other people, but I'm not against it. He would be a fantastic addition to the team, but it's going to cost you. You're probably looking at Jake DeBrusque. Yeah, you're probably looking at Jake DeBrusque. You're probably looking at Fabian Lysel in a pick. And off the top of my head, without really looking into the contract situations and whatnot, that's what I'm looking at. Probably forward as well to shed some money. Um, yeah, but that's just off the top of my head without really looking too deep into it. But if you're looking for a Lindholm, you, I would hope that you're trying to swing Hannafin too. Yeah, I'm all over Lindholm. I've mentioned this before. I did a franchise in NHL 24. First thing I did was I I got him uh, Elias Lindholm on my team, and we won the Stanley Cup. So if that's all the evidence in the world you need right there to get Elias, I keep on calling him Hampus. Let's get Elias Lindholm <laughs> on this team. That's it. Imagine the Lindholm brothers. They're not. Real I will brothers, say that would be pretty electric too. One thing that kind of like. Um, rattles my cage a little bit, right? <laughs> is when two players on the same team have the same last name and they have to add their first initial of their first name into it. Oh, yeah. I like, don't I know why. you be able to tell which one is Hampus and which one I, is Elias. I think so, too, but it would still just... It would, it would throw me off. And there's something about that that's so aesthetically unpleasing to I, my I, eyeballs. I, you know what else I hate, too? When players, uh, they have a... a a son and they name it after themselves. So they add a senior to the, to the back of their Jersey. Like I remember yeah. Jamie, Jamie Collins did that in the back of his Jersey he said Colin senior. And 
it just it it I I hate to say it, it looked kind of dumb. I just yeah. I don't know. I I didn't like the aesthetics of it. It's cool. It's a cool way to honor your kid. I get that. This is just me being a jerk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I would I would really like Elias Lindholm on this team. I think he fits this team like a glove. Um, yeah. I know center depth isn't. I just told you why I don't. I'm not worried about the centers. But if you can swing Elias Lindholm and Azulay goes out and okay. Noah Hannafin in the same deal. You should do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and honestly, Don Sweeney has been known to pull off deals like that more often yeah. than not. The only thing that would kind of worry me still, though, is that your your first line, I feel like, has I mean, depending on who's healthy and who's playing, for the most part, as long as Poss is on that first line, that line isn't a problem. It's you still you still have a secondary scoring problem. If you get rid of DeBrusque and you bring in Lindholm and you put Lindholm in that top line center position, you still don't have. Oh, that doesn't answer your right wing on your second line question. Unless yeah, you feel I, like uh, like uh, Heinen can play that spot, but I don't know. <laughs> by the way, though, the only thing with Hannafin and Lindholm is that they're both pending free agents after the season. So yeah. you're going to have to pay them. So if you if you do make that deal, that's probably with an extension already in place, like a you know handshake agreement, like we trade them over here, but you're signed here for X amount of dollars. Like Hampus. Right, exactly like Hampus. And right now, Noah Hannafin is making $4.9 million a year. That number's um, going to go up. That number's going to go up. And Elias Lindholm right now, <clears throat> also a pending free agent after the season, he is making $4.8 million, which is also going to go up. He's turning 30. So those will be too, but I mean, the Bruins are going to have money to work with in the, in the upcoming season. So, it's, oh, yeah. And especially. And especially if if Derek Forbert's going back the other way too, I mean that's another three million dollars you just shed in, in cap space for this year. Because I know it would be hard to make any trade this year because the Bruins have like literally no money to work with. But um, yeah, that's why I think Forbert have to be involved in any trade. I yeah. really don't like I, I I don't know what the um I don't know what they would cost. Like I feel like it's I feel like I don't think that either of them are going to resign in Calgary, and I feel like they're going to get moved to the trade deadline. I'm hoping it's the Bruins. That would be nice. I have no idea what they're going to ask for because if they were, were locked up and had multiple years left, they could get some serious pieces for them. But if they're just seen as rental pieces and also yeah. Noah Hannafin's a name that's been mentioned in trade talks for a lot of times before. So yeah, exactly. And plus, I mean, the way Calgary is right now, they're probably in a rebuilding kind of state. Not a rebuild, retool. They're probably in a retool state. So, yeah, <clears throat> yeah definitely prospects. Maybe JD. Um, but what, we'll if, what if what if instead of Lysel in uh, a in a high pick, they ask for Patra? What do you say to that? No. Yeah, you tell them to go to hell, baby. Yeah, absolutely not. Your center, no touch fifty one. <laughs> Absolutely not. But uh, yeah, so shout out to Ethan. Um, again, follow him on Twitter at Incredible Mr. E7. Uh, we'll get through these last few DMs here. Um, shout out to you guys for answering the call. I know we just put out the tweet. Um, but this this one comes in from our boy Ian Kennedy um, <clears throat> at, in, at in Bleeds Blue 317, part of Primetime Prods, talking Indianapolis Colts if you're out there and you're a Colts fan. Um, you can follow his personal on Twitter at KennedyI57. He asks, who are your top three trade deadline targets, preferably ones that are likely to happen? Um, we kind of just touched on that for a little bit. Um, I would refer back to my list of like, you know, uh, 
Hannafin, Lindholm, um, Chris Tanev, although I think he's he's going elsewhere, probably the Leafs, um, although the Leafs also thought they were going to get Zadorov. Psych. Um, but, yeah, Will Borgen out of Seattle, uh, Nick Sealer, Sean Walker, guys like that. And that's just as of right now. Um, but I'm sure, you know, as the trade deadline approaches, you know, things will start to heat up and we're going to see some names out there that are, that we didn't expect to see on the block. So I'm going to be honest. Uh, I have the Bruins on my TV. I totally missed the question. Uh, top three trade deadline targets. Um, Oh shit. I have no idea. I know a lot of people have been talking about Tanev. I think he'd be a pretty good pickup. Um, I'm, I, we just spent some time talking to him. I'm st- I've been all aboard the Elias home train since the offseason started. Um, and now, why the hell not? Let's pull the trigger. And third guy, I, I have no idea. Whoever you think would be a good second-line right-winger, I will be happy to take him. Let me ask you this. Would you add Pat Maroon? No. Okay. All right. Glad we're on that I, same page. I really don't <laughs> want him on this not- team. Nothing against the guy. I just don't think he 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 doesn't add anything to. I mean, he, yeah. he you know, hope like maybe he would have defended Charlie McAvoy the other night. But like, if Pat Maroon, if you have to sign Pat Maroon so you'll have somebody on your team defending Charlie McAvoy when he gets his head yeah. blown off, that's the problem. Yeah, and I want to add to like when I said earlier, like you need a guy like that on your team. Like, yeah, you need a guy like that on your team, but like he also has to do something else of value. Yeah. Like, he, can't, he can't he can't just be Ryan Reeves because we all see how that experiment is working right yeah. now. At least like, Pat this, at least Pat Maroon brings laughs to the locker room though. Like Ryan right. Reeves just seems like a just a plug. Well, I heard he has a really good relationship with Jack Edwards too. So locker room <laughs> oh, yeah. chemistry, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so shout out Kennedy. Uh check out his Indianapolis Colts pod. Um, but again, follow his podcast on twitter at in bleeds blue 317 and follow him on twitter at kennedy i57 um next question comes in from joe you can follow him at bruin blood he said let's do it there's been talk about jeremy jeremy layton being available yes have to give something up however could solve some toughness issues in front of the net what do you guys think cheap alternative and i'm a big no-no on hannafin Seems what? redundant on the blue line. Oh, he said, oops, meant Lozon. Okay, I was going to say, I I was like, Jeremy Layton, I've never heard yeah, of him. I, I was literally Googling his name. I was like, well, well first of all, is he okay? Because I was going to say, first of all. To the leg. Yeah, dude, we were talking about Lee Harvey Oswald and freaking uh, John Wilkes Booth earlier. That was like legit an yeah. assassination attempt. Jesus. And that, like, yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't do you that. Have, couple things you have if you want to you're losing five to one there's three seconds left in the game eat the puck like why are you winding up and taking a slap shot no dude that was in the second period i think oh that was in the second i thought that was the end of the game i think that was the second i could be wrong but i think it was way there's there's three seconds left in the period and you're losing five to one eat the puck nobody was going at him nobody was trying to take the puck from him um you have an entire if you do want to get rid of the puck you have an entire ice to do it. You can you can shoot it over here, over there. You can flip it in the air. You can throw it in the, anything you want, and you wind up and take a slap shot. That's strike two. And then, as an NHL player, you can't accidentally take a slap shot and hit somebody ten feet in front of you and go, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't mean to do that." What are you talking? Yeah. About? 
what are you talking about? You can yeah. stand at the blue line and rip top cheddar from you know, with a slap shot, and you 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 accidentally hit a guy in the leg who's standing five feet in front of you with a slap shot. Like, yeah, no, you're aiming for him. Like, it's come on. Like, at least if you're gonna be a piece of shit, at least own it. And then, yeah. <laughs> like, that's why I was kind of the whole play just kind of pissed me off, and I felt bad too because he was having a relatively good year, and he's a former Bruins guy, Jeremy Lazar. Yeah. Um, in terms of bringing him in, I don't. I feel like that would be awkward. Maybe not awkward, but like, I think if you're going to go for a guy to bring that grit, I've actually never thought about this before with, in terms of Lausanne, I I actually don't like, I don't hate it, but also I think you can find a better option as well. I, yeah, I know if you're bringing in a guy for some grit and sandpaper, I preferably, I want them to be big. Lausanne is six, one, 200 pounds. He's, you know, he's average. like the rest of them, you know, he's Matt Grizzlick size. Yeah. And if I, yeah. if you're bringing in somebody who's, you know, going to be a piece of shit and uh, defend other people, you know, <laughs> that was the biggest bite of food I've ever seen somebody take. Was that, <laughs> food, was your, what, what was in your mouth? No, yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was, oh, I was, cons- I was concerned because then you looked at me and you weren't chewing anything. <laughs> like, what did you just put in your mouth? Um, <laughs> Oh, uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, if you're bringing in something like that, you know, say what you want about Pat Maroon, he's a big dog. Ryan Reeves is a big dog. I mean, Jeremy Lazon, he's a defenseman. I get it. You know, he kind of brings that edge to a game, but he's 6'1", 200. If I'm getting a guy like that, I want them to be to be huge, to be in Nikita Zadorov. Yeah, yeah. I'm still so upset that we don't have a big I know. Okay. I, I poured one out for you that night. As soon as I saw the notification on my phone, I, I should have gave you a call. Should have checked in. I, know, I was waiting for. I needed a therapy session. Instead, yeah, I, yeah. I instead I took a video and I put an emergency press conference on Twitter. That was my therapy. <laughs> you, my, you were, you were probably the only person to react like that. Said Nikita's the door off being traded, <laughs> and it didn't even involve the Bruins. <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't. I drummed it up all myself, and I it just didn't work out. But you had more um, emotions than any. Uh, where did he go? Flyers. No, yeah, no, Vancouver. Oh, <laughs> he, went, yeah, he went. He went to go play with Connor Garland, my other dream boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. So shout out to Joe um, again. Follow him on Twitter at Bruin Blood. And we got the last question here coming in from Pasta Party. Shout out Pasta Party. Pa- uh, the up. profile pic is Pasta with a Santa hat on. So I love the vibes right now. But oh, yeah. follow them. Follow them on Twitter at Pasta Parties. He said, bet. I think we need lefty depth with Grizz being unreliable slash hated. I don't think he's hated. And Lorai still needing time in Providence. That's debatable. Uh, who do you think we could bring in? I personally like Will Butcher. Pens. AHL. Will Butcher's interesting. Um, I don't think that's what we need. Damn, a lot of left defensemen trade target talk on this episode. Yeah, let's get some righties in here, huh? Come on. <laughs> um... Hmm. Yeah, basically the guys that I mentioned earlier, <laughs> Noah Hannafin, Chris Tanev, yeah. Nick Sealer, Sean Walker. What was his comment that he said about Grizzlick? That he's unreliable slash hated. Unreliable, I can debate on. Hated, I wholeheartedly disagree with. I don't think hated is the right term. I think I think underappreciated. I think definitely fits better. I think. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's and it's funny because I think I don't remember if we were talking with this on the pod or if I was talking just about the with you about this the other day in person but um everybody like from other teams like whenever Matt Grizzlick is involved in a trade whenever whenever a Bruins fan comes up with a hypothetical trade on Twitter 
Matt Grizzick is almost always the second name that's involved after Derek Forbert. And every other team, fan of every other team, is like, you guys are stupid. Like, why are, why don't you appreciate your own players? Like, Matt Grizzick yeah. is good. And uh, I think I was talking to Connor about that, actually. Um, and I, it's just he's just underappreciated in this in this city for what he does. I mean, he, I get it. He's he's not the most reliable guy. Sometimes he makes some boneheaded plays. But for what you need him for, he's electric. Yeah. 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 Um... So yeah, that was it for the DMs. Um, shout out to all of you guys for sending them in, keeping us talking, giving us you know uh, conversations to think about that maybe we weren't thinking about ourselves. So thank you guys for that. It's very much appreciated. Um, but before we sign off here, we'll do a, th- a quick three game preview to lead us up into the into next week's episode. Friday, Bruins Islanders in Long Island. Ooh, three one Bruins. Four to two Bruins. Um, then New York Rangers coming to Boston. Um, oh, I think the Bruins just scored again. Saturday night. Oh, who was it? Who was it? No, Pasta just missed the net. Ah, uh, what, what? What was the next game? Bruins Rangers on Saturday. Oh man, back to back. I want to say the Bruins as like a revenge game. But I think no Zaka, and I'm assuming McAvoy is going to be playing in that game, is going to hurt. And I'm going to say that the Rangers win 4-2. to two. I'm going to go against you on this, and I'm going to say McAvoy is going to be back. Zaka is going to be a game-time decision. I say the Bruins win 5-4 to four in overtime. I hope you're right. I hope – that would be nice to get Charlie Mack. Is it a concussion? They're not – they just – I think so. A player, a player could get decapitated, and they would call it an upper body injury. Yeah, a player could get stabbed in the gut, and they would call it an upper body injury. It's it's yeah. it's ridiculous. He got elbowed in the head. I'm sure it's a concussion, but they won't call it that. So yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it is, and that's probably why he's day to day too. It's like whenever you're feeling better, whenever they say you're good to go, then come back. That's probably yeah. what it is if, in yeah. our estimation. But and then we got the Wild in Boston. Tuesday night, uh, recording night. I'm gonna say Bruins five to one, five to two. Ooh, I like that. Oh yeah. I'm gonna Open say. Game. I'm gonna say it's gonna be one of those weird ones, like the Rangers Bruins game. That's gonna be electric. That's gonna feel like a playoff game. Yeah. But the Wild Bruins one, following that game, I feel like that's gonna be like one of those like, ugh, like this game sucks. Like it's so boring. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like they're gonna win. Like four to one, something like that. I'm I'm watching the Bruins right now, and we were just talking about Matt Grizzlick, and he just had just one of the worst turnovers of the blue line you've ever seen. <laughs> he he pulled the puck <laughs> off the boards and was like, and he was walking, you know, he's doing backwards crossovers, kind of walking towards the middle of the ice, and he was just head up stick handling, and he just forgot the puck. Oh, <laughs> and they and they and luckily, like he was kind of able to recover. And Ian, Ian Mitchell of all people came in and saved the day, but oof, that was egregious. Ian Mitchell to the rescue. Um, But hey, uh, episode 70 of the Something's Brewing podcast, um, as always, brought to you by Primetime Productions. You can follow them on Twitter at Primetime Prods. You can follow us on Twitter at Brewing Something. 
And you can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. You can follow Mel on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Um, we got plenty of stuff in the works right now. There was that primetime preview um, content that we're going to be driving on the primetime productions uh, network on YouTube. Be sure to check that out. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. It's not just going to be hockey talk. Um, I know not everybody who listens to the show is strictly hockey. Like maybe you're a Celtics fan, Pats fan, Sox fan or fans from other regions that just happen to like the Bruins and tune into the show. Um, it's going to be covering all sports with all types of personalities on the primetime productions at work, um, including myself and Mel as well. Um, Boosie, Brett, Marty, um, Ace, Burge, some other people that maybe you haven't heard of and, and you'll get exposed to. And it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be fun. It's going to be something that drives, you know, just content and bringing this community a little bit closer together as well. And like, if you, if you get bored with some of the, you know, normal generic media, post-game pre-game shows, tune into us. I mean, there's a live chat. We'll be talking the, the whole thing and it's going to be a good time. And we're really excited about it. And we think it's going to be a uh, awesome way to just get everybody together before the game, get everybody pumped up, get everybody ready to go, like get everyone ready, get on the same page and just get fired up. Oh Yeah. I love sports. I love sports, dude. <laughs> hey, episode 70 of the Something's Brewing podcast, the Jesper Boakfast episode coming in hot. Oh, yeah. First episode in a couple couple weeks that's under two hours. Let us know how you guys feel about that. Do you like the longer episodes? Do you like the episodes that are kind of hour and a half, hour 45, run around that mark? Let us know. Um, because sometimes we just talk and ramble and then we look up at the recording timer and we're like, holy shit, it's been two hours and 20 minutes. Like, yeah. what are we doing? Also, make sure you keep an eye. We're going to try to remember this time on our Twitter account at something's yes. ruin, no G for the giveaway of the authentically fake David Poshnock. <laughs> if you missed last episode, what are you doing? But we're giving away a, a, a a David Postelok Boston Bruins jersey, the black jersey from DHgate, shipped here from China. It's fake. It's it, it, We said last week, if you're standing about 10 feet away from somebody, it looks real as hell. So if you're wearing it, just make sure you're standing on the wall, maybe sit in 300 section. Don't be first in line. Just kind of, you know, keep a little barrier around yourself because it looks good from afar up close. Ugh. Not great, uh, but we'll be giving that away on Twitter. We still haven't decided what we're going to do yet. What do you have to do to be entered? But keep an eye out for that. And I know Sally mentioned it. Make sure you also follow Primetime Prods. Um, really ramping up the content there with that account. You already mentioned it. you're going to see a lot of different sports being covered. Hockey, NBA, NHL, NFL. There's a lot of gambling stuff on there as well. Some NCAA articles. They're currently still live right now. Um, using the live stream feature talking about the Bruins and Devils game. You're going to see some live streams before Celtics games, before uh, Patriots games. It is not just, you know, Boston local sports as we are a Bruins podcast is going to be covering all different sports, all different leagues and all different teams too. So make sure you follow along with that for that. We also have articles too that are coming out pretty much every single day. Um, so yeah, so follow both of those accounts to stay in the loop of what's going on. Yeah, dude, I got to get back into writing. I miss writing. Um, but I, know, I think I wrote one article and it was uh, when the Pats cut Bailey Zappi or whatever for like 10 minutes in the preseason. <laughs> I should write something too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely make sure to check that out. Get fired up together. Get ready for the games together and fucking get in the chat and let us know. Let us know what you want to hear. Um, but anyways, yeah, thank you guys all for listening. Um, fucking go bees. Get this win against New Jersey. 
Morgan geeking looking like a 1C right now. Let's go, baby. Yeah. We'd love to see it. Episode 70. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. No, it sounded very bland, like a, <laughs> like like uh, like like frosted flakes without the frosted, just the flakes. So flakes, oh, it's like a bowl of dandruff. Yeah. Oh, all right, ready? With, like, hey, look, we're both wearing like the same hat again, pretty much. Like, like soy milk. Yeah. I got cashew milk from Target Ew. yesterday. I it can't doesn't... believe. Can you believe that they? I can't believe that. It, they make almond milk. Can you believe that they milk almonds? It's you cashew know? milk. No, but do you know who that is? Larry the Cable Guy. No, that was Theo Vaughn. I was listening to one oh. of his things, and he was—he literally said that he's like, I can't believe that they milk almonds. He's so stupid. I know. I hope his, I hope his whole shtick is just a character. Like when he goes home and puts his head on the pillow at night. What Theo Vaughn is that? I don't think it's a shtick, dude. I think that's I, him. I always thought, because um, I would always, before I knew who he was, I would see his tweets and his TikToks, and I always thought his name was The Oven. <laughs> Almost like The Oven. And I was like, what is yeah. this meme account? Why do they only tweet videos of this one guy? <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, his name is Theo Vaughn. That makes so much sense. <laughs>